when you're looking at the world like the clothing store of your identity, nothing will ever fit. That's a quote from today's warrior, Shelly Brown. Shelly's going to share with us how she went from corporate America into author and artist and living her own unique weird on today's Cosmic Valkyrie podcast. Before we get started, I would love for you to leave a great review because it increases our algorithms and together can help transform more lives. You're listening to The Cosmic Valkyrie. I'm your host, Lynn Louise. My Dharma is to help you through rapid recovery from past trauma. My rapid recovery method will call your voice back home so you can reconnect with your inner wisdom and trust, moving you from observer to creator and manifesting the life that you've always desired. I combined ancient healing and wisdom with subconscious reprogramming to help you ascend and align with your higher purpose. You will integrate with your cosmic consciousness to create the expansion and success you came to Earth to experience. I'm honored you're here. Before we get started, let me state my standard disclaimer that all the answers on this podcast and in general are for informational and educational purposes only, and in no way a substitute for individual medical or mental health advice. Today is another Warrior Wednesday. I have an exciting author that's all about keeping your weird real. It's Shelly Brown. She's going to share with us her own personal journey and how she took off her uncomfortable sweater to really let herself shine in this world as an individual and creator. Shelly, can you just share a little bit with us about who you are, what you do, how you serve? I can. And thanks for having me. So I am Shelly Brown, author of Weird Girl Adventures from A to Z. It's not a label. It's a lifestyle. I'm also a mindfulness educator and an artist and a speaker with uh, upcoming TEDx. So I'm excited about that. So my story is I was a little kid who lived in love and possibilities in my pink bedroom and like had a crazy imagination and loved art and music and playing my guitar and came from two very non-creatives. And I was always super curious and lived in this weird sort of confusion about what a woman was supposed to be because I had a feminist mom at a time where there weren't a lot. I had this journal that I brought to school and I drew pictures of my classmates about like where they were in the phases of their female development. And of course, like every after school special, my journal was discovered and relentless bullying ensued. And it was, ew, you are so weird. And when you get teased and you get labeled, it changes you. And so it's like I put on this itchy, awful sweater in summer heat that said weird across it. And I couldn't take it off and didn't know how. And so for decades, literally it affected me. And I kind of looked at the world for a different identity than the one that I was born with and it caused suffering. So my question is, how did it show up in your life? What were the things that you were doing and what are the behaviors that having that identity created? There were a lot of things from really self-destructive behaviors like bulimia and anorexia to like 
epic promiscuity to trying to find like swaggery cool guys that could save me and rescue me and getting into all sorts of screwed up relationships and running ultra marathons to the point that my vertebrae collapsed and ending up with, you know, my knight in shining armor, who was this worldwide executive and turned into a crack addict in front of my eyes. The worst was probably being a corporate employee. (laughs) We have that in common. And so do a lot of my listeners. I know that you heard a little bit of my story, but I did the same thing. Like I handed over my decision-making to school counselors, university counselors telling me you're great with numbers, go into corporate America, be a corporate American accountant. And then we're standing there in these, I call them worker bee suits, feeling like our world's collapsing around us because we're not living our true passion or in our true moment. Oh yeah. And something has to change. You realize you're playing small. What took you from your last relationship with the crack addict businessman into really stepping and starting to become who you came to this earth to be? Thanks. It's, you know, obviously it's a process. I think when your life gets dumped upside down and none of the pieces that you're trying to grab a hold of are going to work anymore for you. So I, I went back and kept on trying to get these different jobs and I would freak out. The stress response was like on fleek, could not stop having seriously nervous breakdowns at work. And my last job, I ended up throwing off my headset in front of hearing distance of 25 people said really loud. It was outer body. I said, fuck this. I fucking hate this place. I'm fucking leaving. And I literally, it was outer body. And I ended up getting put on probation, which wasn't the first time I ended up getting fired, which wasn't the first time, which led me to a mindfulness-based stress reduction program that changed everything and then got certified to be a mindfulness educator. But it really wasn't that that did it because I was still pulling at my face going, oh my God, I'm getting so old. Just got so exhausted from the shit I was saying about myself to myself that I realized allowing the thoughts to be impermanent was the answer for everything. And by doing that, I reconnected with this weird girl in a really great way with creativity and art and just like divergent thinking and opened up this huge space that allowed me to be me. And I am not a proponent of saying you need to embrace everything because I think that's bullshit. I think that there's a space between complete self-loathing and self-love. You don't just go from A to Z. There's steps. And the biggest step for me was just allowing, allowing the shit that my head makes up to just be there and go away or put it in the closet and take a look and hang it back up and just allowing. I love that you bring it up because a lot of my clients, when they first step into my programs, they want to force it. They want to push, create transformation. And it's hard for people to hear that word allow. I know in my own personal journey, I would hear people say flow and ease. And I'm like, I want that. I want that. How do I get it? How do I get it? And it was always like, give me the steps. Tell me how to do it. I didn't have this concept of what really is flow, ease, and allowing people that first step into this. Like you said, it's those initial steps till you get to the point when you're like, oh, so that's what allowing is. I have to allow it to happen. I have to allow my transformation to take place. We're so used to pushing and struggling our way through life that we can't comprehend how not to do our way to transformation. 
oh instead God. of being our way to transformation. It's so true. I mean, every, I mean, if it were that easy, we'd all keep calm and carry on, right? We would all love everything. We'd all be kind all the time. And so spot on, like the striving and the efforting to transform instead of allowing the unfolding and the process of it is suffering. That is shitty. It feels horrible. And I think about that we all do that. And I remember also like feeling stuck and having people invite me to possibilities. And I was like, no, this is impossible. This is not a possibility for me. And I argued so much that I was literally fired by coaches because I was in so much resistance. And so just allowing, realizing that we can just be and just allow things unfold as they're supposed to, but we're so impatient and we forget that everything that happens incrementally and that, and and we just forget it by our own impatience and we get in our own way. I agree. We are in a society, I call it Amazon prime. We want immediate transformation and we can go to yoga class and feel like, oh my God, I'm going to transform so much. It's going to be awesome. And then they walk out of it and they're like, well, that didn't happen. So I'm just going to give up. It's like transformation doesn't knock on my door by 3 PM. I'm going to quit. But we're taught that. Yeah. Our society teaches us. We are an immediate gratification society in every way. And everything is so disposable, including our own inner development. Well, this isn't working. I don't feel different. It's been 12 hours. What's wrong? It's all about being patient. Now that you have created this book, Mm -hmm. in what other ways do you create? Oh, gosh. I started a hand-cut collage greeting card line. I started doing hand-cut collage. Have no clue why, but I found that I really liked to make collage. And so I got really, really, really good at cutting. And I launched a greeting card line. But I am a self-taught artist who loves drawing and it is such a awesome space to just be sitting there drawing and listening to music. I remember that I used to draw, but I would hide my drawings because like being an artist was not okay. My grandma was an artist and there wasn't really goodwill towards her. In our house. So you know, I- the funny thing too is, so my first degree is fine art. But, you know, it was just like you. I'm from your generation. It was not looked upon as a lucrative uh, way to make a living. And when I did go to art school, it was very geared around commercial art. But I was lucky enough to be on that slide where it was all about your inner creativity. And I love to encourage women to find their own creative outlet. It's so important. It's that beautiful balance between masculine and feminine energy. You're really driven, you're really in tune, you're really focused, but yet you're intuitive and your higher self is coming through and you're just working organically. I think that perfectionism gets in the way of a lot of people creating, well, I'm not going to do it right. Hell, I paint over paintings every day. I make something, I don't like it. Okay, I'll start over. Once you really tap into your healing journey, I don't know anyone who isn't like, Oh, I found so much beauty in creating now. My writing is really creative. My book is not a how to be weird or how to own your weird. My, I mean, my book is completely just observational stories about stuff. And my brand was actually cultivated from writing the book, this whole allowing your weird. But I was going to say, I remember a friend of mine telling me when I was younger, I don't want to go to the gym. I feel like my ass looks fat and all that stuff. She goes, nobody cares what your ass looks like. And that was the best advice I ever heard in my life. And 
I think I just broke up with shame at some point. And broke up with fear of of putting my stuff out there. I mean, I don't care if my art looks like a five-year-old. I just put it out there because you know what? The intention is not for me to get likes. The intention is it's going to make somebody smile. And when we can get self-transcendent and do stuff because one person might smile and that's my goal. Art is subjective, period. And art does not end with the creator, It continues through the eyes of the beholders and it transforms lives. It's amazing. I have been collecting art since I was in art school and we're kind of minimal in our environment, in our home, but it's surrounded with tons of art. Like the walls are covered with it. It's so energetic. There's always going to be haters. Letting go of that attachment to the fear of judgment is so vital to stepping into your happiness. My very first way of serving women was to help them with their physical health. So I did boot camps and they would say, oh, I just feel so uncomfortable. I don't have the right clothes. And I'm like, nobody's going to give a shit because they're going to be struggling right along with you. They're just going to be thinking about how the hell am I going to get through this? Just like you, like nobody pays attention to you. And I got that same advice that you did the very first time I ever did yoga. I was like, oh, I'm really self-conscious. I feel weird in these clothes. I feel really exposed. And my friend was doing the yoga class and she said, nobody is going to pay any attention to you because they're going to be focused on figuring out their own poses. Made me think of something like super important to share with your audience. I was an ultra marathoner and made my identity based on my body because I thought whoever was inside this body sucked and had such self-hatred and self-loathing and whatever. I just made my identity about what my body looked like and what my body could do. And then it was stripped away when my vertebrae collapsed, game over. And I think it's so critical because our bodies won't always be able to do what we think they can. And our bodies won't the way that we're identified, especially as we get older. So creativity has proven to be the most cathartic space for me because I'm physical again and I run and I do stuff, but having other things in my tool belt to create space, to quiet the noise in my mind, to just be present has been the biggest gift of my life to find these things that I can do that don't involve my body that give me peace. So when I first started marathoning, I was the same. I was coming from it as if I can lose the weight and be more healthy, then I'll have the things I want to have and I'll be the woman that I want to, I've always wanted to be. And then you get to that finish line and a very dangerous slippery slope, maybe just to five more pounds. I'm tall, so I'm normally bigger than all the other women on the on the circuit. And then I have big boobs, you know, like I'm a I'm tall and big. But I would look around and I would see all these tiny petite runners that are like five two. And I would compare myself up and down. And I'd be like, why am I, I'm not small enough yet? I'm not small enough yet. I, you know, I need to lose more weight. Why do I have such big breasts? Why do I have this? It was that dangerous slippery slope that five more pounds. And there was a time when I realized, shit, if I keep going down this road, I don't have five pounds to lose. I don't have any more body fat to take off. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge aha moment for me. I was living through external circumstances to try and make me happy. Yes. And that is suffering. When we make our happiness contingent on something outside of ourselves and on the future, 
that is suffering. My running was more, I could make an identity out of accomplishments and accolades and make those medals mean that I was something. It was a look at me, look what I can do. I wanted the attention. And it's funny because after letting go of a lot of that, I found that I'm so much more introverted when everybody thought I was this extrovert because I put myself out there as a physical person. If you look at my Instagram, it's at Weird Girl Adventures. I have, am naked with all my medals on. And it says on there, when you're looking at the world like the clothing store of your identity, nothing will ever fit. Mm, yummy. Tell us again the name of your book, when it's coming out, how people can pre-order, all that fun stuff. Okay. So it is. Weird Girl Adventures from A to Z. It's not a label, it's a lifestyle. And pre-order is available May 1st on Amazon. It's also available on my website, weirdgirladventures.com. And I am also on Instagram at weirdgirladventures. And you have just found out the moment that you clicked onto the Zoom that you're being asked to do a TED Talk. So we'll have to keep my audience informed of that. Very exciting. I thank you so much for showing up for us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. If you love helping others, then please share this via social media with your friends and family. If you found value in it, they will too. Also, if you have questions, I'm here for you. You can email questions to thecosmicvalkyrie at gmail.com. I may even use one of your questions for future podcast episodes. And finally, I do have a personal request. I believe that we're all here to help each other heal, grow, and evolve. So if you would please leave a nice review on iTunes I would be forever grateful and together we could transform more lives.